0: Welcome to Much More Much Here with Pup Duffy and Caroline, Lane, an Aunt Imagination production. Hey guys, I am here with filmmaker Jim Clock. His film, The Thin Black Line, comes out on the 9th, 2024, which is almost here. Thank God, 2023 is kind of in hell.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Welcome to the show. I'm glad to jump into this with you. As you can see me, it is not my experience, so I want you to to take lead, so to speak, because you spoke with these people you understand and people watching the film can understand the experience but have not lived it. We kind of have to look through other lenses, but it's it's very important to hear these these first person accounts in, in order to understand. And you were also a law enforcement officer, is that right?
1: That's correct, yeah.
0: The film deals with uh, people of color that wear badges and they're dealing with that systemic racism already. And now we're seeing it, how, how they have to deal with it day in and day out. So tell me, as a law enforcement officer, I understand how you came to it. I'm not going to ask, how did we get here? Where did this idea come from? It's obvious. It's a needed story that needed to be told. But tell me a little bit about the development of it.
1: Well, the truth of the matter is, it's it's you know it's really a love letter to one of my best friends. As as a young police officer, I was partnered with. Uh, he's now a sergeant with Alexandria Police, Gerald Ford, and just an amazing man, an amazing uh, man of color, and so he changed my life because what happened was is the way I was you know raised. Thank God I had a beautiful mother who raised me well, and I had an empathetic heart, but I didn't have a lot of knowledge of working uh, areas that were primarily uh, minority. Um, you know, was the minorities lived in these areas. And, and you come with, um, even being raised right, I came with implicit bias uh, that you don't know. And Gerald loved me enough to teach me. And Gerald cared enough about me to, uh, to want to help me see people and see uh, the opportunity to help people. And so what, it, it, in, during 2020 with Gerald is I could tell he was hurting. He was hurting as a black man seeing what was happening like many of us you know the atrocities of, of, of what we all watched uh, and he was also hurting as a police officer and uh, he was trying to navigate towards it and then my heart hurt for him and so this kind of started with an opportunity for me to, to, to just make a film that would possibly have uh, show people who are doing it for the right reasons. Let's let's show people who are out in the world who do face racism. They're, these are Black men and women first, before they put on the badge. They, 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 they're Black first, and then they put on the badge, and they're choosing to do so to try and make our communities and our country a better place. And uh, and so it kind of started with just an idea of me honoring this relationship, how my life was changed for the better on in, in every area of my life, and to showcase what it looks like when there is hope. There's hope for people coming together. And then there was a, a, a big issue that we were really afraid of. And one of the things why Sheriff Decatur gave me full access was to see the numbers of, of people of color applying in law enforcement. And it's a it's a trigger effect. So if you get less people applying, you have less people that that join the force that then eventually can be promoted up. And one thing I've always said is, I don't have any answers, but I I know this. Less people of color in American law enforcement is not the answer. Less people of color in positions of command is not the answer. So that's what the hope was with the film.
0: Absolutely. You said so many things that I'm like, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm." but the problem is, I think a lot of times, as you were saying, the news reports, they can be really biased one way or another. And everybody and social media, don't even get me started, is horrible. Because you have people that are up in arms. I call it forgettable rage. Because they're furious about things. And this is usually not people of color that I'm describing. They get really pissed off about the Breonna Taylors or the Trayvon Martins or Ahmaud Arbery, uh Tyree Nichols. People were furious. And then they forgot about it. Because it wasn't on the news you know, every day for the next five days. And then you've got people that say, I, I hate it. It's that little... A C A B all cops are bad. No, they're not. No, they're not. There are a lot of bad apples in every part of society. And we just are seeing, unfortunately, the actions of these bad apples. The whole like systemic racism part of it is frustrating because people do think I'm not racist. I can't be racist. I'm a good person. I love people. You know, I never thought, and it's like, we're not saying that everybody is we're saying that it exists institutionalized. And unfortunately, it sounds like it's also in law enforcement as well. And it's just like, it's kind of heartbreaking, honestly.
1: It is, but I, I would counter with there's so many amazing, beautiful people that are choosing to do it. And, and I do think that one of the things that we have a choice of every day is we can be inundated by the horror and atrocities of the world. And if you do too much of that, you miss out on on the beauty, right? If you're only watching war, you can't see Mother Teresa. If, <laughs> if you're only, you know, and so, it, you know, and even when people ask me, they're like, oh, you're a cop, so this must be a pro-cop film. It's not a pro-cop film. It's a pro-person of color film because it takes courage. I, courage, I don't know as a white man. It, it, it takes courage to... Um, you know, there's a gentleman in the documentary says he lost 85% of his family and friends joining the police department. And it breaks your heart when he tells the stories. this beautiful young man. He's got a family. And I love him. And I don't know what that's like. You know, I, I didn't lose anybody in my family when, you know, my sister was a, a drug addict and she still loved me when I was a police officer, you know. So there's just elements that I don't necessarily um, know if, if they get translated in a way for people to really understand the sacrifice that it takes, right? Of, um, and, it, and law enforcement can either be a beautiful profession where when it is done right, we applaud them, and that's wonderful. But there are times where you know, it hasn't been that way. We've got to address that, too. It takes courage to address that. It takes courage to say, hey, Sheriff Decatur and Vernon Green, producers of the film, they came together. And, and, and the thing with the sheriff is he actually runs an amazing agency that's, that's really loved and applauded, right, all across the country. He didn't have to do this. He didn't have to be a part. He could have said, you know, Jim, I'm just going to stay over here. You know, we don't we don't have these issues. So you think, right? But he didn't. He's like, it takes courage for us to give people a voice. It takes courage to be a part of a solution. And, uh, you know, again, I don't have all the answers. I don't think this film has all the answers. I just know that I wanted to make a film that gave people an opportunity to share their hearts with their why, because their why is very important. And I I just hope, too, that there are people that understand that a lot of people that join police work or teachers or nurses or or firefighters and rescue in our military, that... There's a special amount of heart that goes into that sacrifice uh, that I, I just wish maybe we could just pause and, and see it through their eyes, as you said, for just a moment, you know, just a moment.
0: All right. I, I wonder if people in general are kind of, I don't want to say desensitized, but kind of like, oh, it must be a day that ends in why that it happens. Ugh. This is, this is what it is. I'm not saying this. I'm saying I wonder if people are just like, even just like that, like hopeless feeling of what could I possibly do to make a difference. Watch films like this, understand somebody else's point of view. If that's the smallest thing, or the biggest thing that you can do is try to understand the other point of view, or a different point of view than your own. I mean, you're already helping.
1: Yeah I have a friend of mine who has this beautiful quote the moment that your politics gets in front of your compassionate heart to help others you should change your politics and it's kind of the same thing with law enforcement i have a tremendous amount of love but i also hold it extremely accountable and we should um you know I, i'm not someone with my head buried in my sand if i you know, I, I I can recognize good behavior, bad I'm still blessed to be part time. I got 27 years involved in law enforcement at this point. And now to be, you know, an actor and filmmaker and be able to tell stories, uh, I like to honor it. But I like to honor truth on both sides. And when I went and started working the first, you know, uh, low income housing area that was 99 percent African-American. And, and Gerald taught me this is I had, a, you know, somehow ingrained and taught that. I thought 95% of that community was bad and 5% was good. And and Gerald said, your math is off. You got to reframe that. 95% are good. And they're hardworking, honest people who just want to save community that cannot leave this place because of generational poverty. They haven't had a chance to get out. 5% is the bad element. And it was like the biggest light bulb moment. I was 23, 24 years old. And it, it shifted every way I looked at the community and the people there. And then I met a mid-50s black man one day. I walked by and I just said hello. I said, hey, how you doing, sir? And he was like, uh, fine. I said, oh, it's a beautiful day, isn't it? He's smoking a cigar. His name's Pops. We became friends. I didn't know him. He's smoking a cigar. He's like, yeah. I said, oh, what kind of cigar are you smoking? And I go over and we start talking. 15 minutes later, he says to me, He's 55 years old. It's 1999, 2000. Okay. He says, you're the first white officer who's ever spoken to me just to say hello in my life in 2000. That's crazy. That's crazy to me. Just said hello to him. He's like, every cop that's ever talked to me up to that point was a negative interaction. I said hello and smiled at the man, like, you know, and so, you know, there is this big push for law enforcement now. And I'm, I'm a fan of it is like you're in the customer service business. And if you don't understand the power that your smile and a hello has in that uniform with a badge, if you don't understand the power you have to deflate or deescalate a situation with a kind heart, with how you say hello, even pulling someone over, then I don't know what to tell you. Because, you know, it, it, it's no effort to be courteous. None. Well, I, actually, I guess there is effort to be courteous, but it doesn't cost anything, is my point, to be courteous.
0: Well, for Pops, I can just imagine he's like, you you speak kindly, you say hello. And he's, un, he's got to, unfortunately, like, what did I do? That's just, you know, the the perception, unfortunately, that happens. It's like, you didn't do nothing, dude. You're just looking pretty cool. You know, he wanted to say hey.
1: <laughs> and, and we became friends. I started smoking cigars. Like, we became friends. and And his daughter texted me not long ago. Or, or, or on Instagram, I had had a movie out and she like just wrote me a letter. She goes, Dad, so proud of you. We watch all your stuff. Oh. And, and that started over just a conversation. We'd sit on the stoop, you know, and and that was another thing, you know, Gerald taught me was, you know, the, you know, I grew up and we had a deck, you know, where, where I, when my parents, you know, we had a deck. We had a backyard. Well, you'd walk through these communities and you'd see people sitting on their stoop, right? And they're drinking a beer or something. And a lot of times, you know, oh, it's drinking in public or whatever. And Gerald's like, "That's their that's their deck, Jim. That's, that's their home. that's their yeah. home. That that stoop is a part of their home, you know." And and so, uh, anyways, I, I just have so much love in my heart for the amazing people that uh, that that showed me and taught me love. And there's a great someone told me it's a it's a um, abraham lincoln quote but i I don't know but it's like if you want to live a rich and full life be friends with people who don't look like you you know and so i just feel like if you want to have you know look i hope you like the movie my i'm I, i don't know what people's reaction will be but i do hope that you at least can have a a rich and full experience listening to these seven stories of these officers. And and it doesn't speak for everyone, right? It's just these officers, it's this community activist, it's this sheriff sharing their stories, you
0: know? And it comes across in, in a warm way. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but it comes across warmly to me. Not that I felt comforted, but I didn't feel anxious. I didn't feel any need to like feel combative, you know, nothing put me in a negative headspace while watching it. I was just like, this is, this is a really exciting and I hate to say privilege, but privileged thing for me to be able to hear these stories, to understand or to slightly have a concept of what they go through every day. Everybody should be blessed with the the opportunity to hear somebody else's point of view.
1: I agree well and and I love thank you that's a such a kind compliment to say that while watching it that you had that because I had a few people along the way tell me I needed to um I, I'm not political I'm just repeating the term they said trump it up I had a couple of high level you know industry people say I needed to add more adversity I needed to add more um drama, you know, drama to it and I said I i said i'm not manufacturing any more drama and, and it's like well you could sell it you could get a bigger deal you could make more money and i'm like i didn't do this to make money it's not about making money and if you can't see this film and see the natural drama of of these men and women like i don't need to trump anything up i don't need to add any type of stuff to it right this and, and and one of the reasons was I didn't want I wanted people to respond like you did. I wanted you to watch it in a way where you weren't scared to watch or it wasn't punching you in the face. It wasn't an agenda piece like it's not an agenda. It's not an agenda piece. I didn't push the agenda. I didn't push the questions. You never hear me one time in the film. Um, it was really meant to be an opportunity to create an environment where you could listen, and possibly be moved in, in a direction to, to open your heart to, to some empathy and, and compassion for others.
0: Right, Absolutely. And I think it's, it's an important uh, film as well. And again, I'm not speaking for another culture. However, what I've noticed on, uh, like you said, Instagram uh, it posts, like I, when Juneteenth became a national holiday, people, the actual culture didn't like it. Or they don't like um, uh, people of color being police officers. They say they're they're Uncle Tomming or whatever. And it's like, if you guys are if you guys are fighting in your own cultures about this thing, how are you gonna how are you gonna defend your culture from people that want to attack it? I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it's like Bell Hook said something about the the infighting and cultures and how it it weakens it, like uh, the Native American tribe, et cetera, things like that because there's a bigger threat so don't attack you know don't attack your own I guess
1: yeah and I just don't know a whole lot about this you know again I think it's with with certain social media and even media right it's like the loudest voice gets all the attention but I, I don't I don't necessarily think the majority of, of people are that way you know I, I think if you went around around the street and talked to the majority of of people of color they're very proud of other people of color in law enforcement they're very proud of it you know but what was happening is i think is you start to get this energy on social media and these attacks and you know like one of the things i saw early in making the movie was there was a, a protest and i love peaceful protests i love the fact we live in america people had the right to protest i love i love it I, I, it does it I think that's the thing we never can let go of is that we live in a country where you can peacefully protest, but there's a 17 year old white kid screaming in a black police officer's face, calling him a no good racist piece of trash, worse, like spittle is coming out on this man's face. And I just thought to myself, I was like, you know, I appreciate this young man's passion. I appreciate this young man's care for what he was protesting for. And the fact that he had the courage to go protest as this young white male I really did. But then the flip side of it was that he'll never know what it's like to be that black man that he's got. He's spitting on, you know, and, and and that that type of push and pull is really a struggle that I don't know how we address until we can listen to one another with compassion. If we're listening to each other just with a point of view and you're ready to attack and I'm ready to attack, that's not compact. There's no empathy or compassion to grow. Um. And so, uh, so just trying to get away from that loudest voice and trying to get more towards conversations with the whole entire group, you know. So that's how I th- I hope we can move forward a little bit. I'm a man of faith. I have tremendous faith that that uh, there is more love in this world than there is hate. Uh, but we've got to love hard to show it, you know, because hate, hate is the low-hanging fruit, and it gets a lot of attention. So we've got to work harder to show love. We've got to work harder and effort it this movie was a passion project that um, I was blessed to have connections and be able to do. Uh, and I wanted to, I wanted to feel the love making it and I want people to feel the love when they watch it.
0: Absolutely. And I hope I don't, I don't come across as ignorant. I'm not, I was trying to like emphasize that it must be so incredibly difficult for them when they're getting pushed back. Like you were saying from within losing their family for, you know, choosing a career. So I can't imagine. I just literally can't imagine, you
1: know. Yeah, neither can I, you know, neither can I. My heart broke for for that young deputy as he told that story, because, you know, he's like, since I was could walk, all I wanted to be was a police officer. And and uh, and he said it all happened like that after when things started going south. He's like, you know, people wouldn't talk to him anymore. People told me to quit. And thank God he didn't. He's a sergeant now and he's doing really he's an amazing young man and he is impacting his community. in a a really wonderful way.
0: Well, I mean, sometimes not, and this would be a whole other uh, podcast episode, but sometimes you have to to let people go. You have to let, you know, people that aren't supportive, people that aren't loving, people that don't uplift you. I got lots of family I don't talk to because of those politics. Sometimes you have to, and you find another family. He's got a band of brothers and sisters. Sometimes it's worth it. Sometimes it's worth it.
1: Bishop wa- T.D. Biggs has a great quote. He says, if you leave me, I'm going to send you a sympathy card because you lose. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let me just send that out to all of my family. But um, <laughs> I wanted to ask you, I saw as I was reading up on the film, it had uh, it had a, a showing at the, the museum in D.C. or it's going to have a showing.
1: No, we had one. Yeah, we did a special. I, I wanted to do a really special screening for the officers. And so uh, the green family who owned the uh, who built and owned the Museum of the Bible uh, hobby lobby family the, the green family and I was blessed enough to know mr. Green and he allowed us to do a special red carpet screening and a very private event for the officers in the film and their families so it was a private viewing not a, an official premiere or anything like that but it was real nice we had uh, you know red carpet laid out and the film at the if you haven't been to the Museum of the Bible it's absolutely stunning it's one of the most stunning museums i've ever seen in my life and they on the top four they have a beautiful 400 person movie theater and so uh yeah it was gorgeous and it was a lot of fun
0: it sounds like it it sounds like it well the film is out uh january 9th pretty much everywhere can people follow you or follow you the uh the film keep up with it yeah
1: uh you follow me on instagram it's just jim d as in david k-l-o-c-k so jim d clock and uh And yeah, the trailer has been released. And uh, I think follow Global Digital releasing is the best way in their own, uh, you know, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Uh, And there'll be more. The trailer dropped, but there'll be more press and release and stuff like that. But I look forward to hearing uh, hearing people's feedback. But yours was beautiful. Thank you.
0: Oh, I'm trying.
1: I I just want to spread some love in the world somehow
0: absolutely lead with love the film is like you said it's a passion project you're it's a message of love it's a message of um just your like this love affair with the, the people that are doing the job and they're doing it so well under extreme duress and circumstances so i hope that everybody watches it and i hope that they get that warm feeling that i got as well and maybe a little a little spark under your butt to a smile <laughs> the next time you see someone and you know, maybe that's different than you are. A smile makes somebody's day. Show your support. Don't be negative on social media.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Get myself. <support. laughs>
0: I don't know. It's good to be passionate, and it's good to to have something like this that that people can watch and try to look through another person's lens of lived experience.
1: Yeah, I agree. And like you said, and if it just makes one person a little bit more open to saying hello or smiling to someone that doesn't look like them or someone that's a little different, if it's if 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 a young person sees this and feels a little bit more comfortable to speak to a police officer and then i hope that they're met with love back from that police officer you know um because the truth is a lot of people's their only encounter with law enforcement is when they're stopped or when something bad has happened and uh you know and and we've got to do better in law enforcement of, of of shifting that, you know, and, and being a little bit more, it's hard. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not blaming it on on anyone. It's difficult when you show up and you're running call to call to call and to, to get out and go into Seven Eleven and and talk to some people or walk through a target and all that. But let me tell you the, the, the juice is worth the squeeze, you know, to stop. and, And you see someone can't get a car, their car started in a park lot of Walmart. And I know you're busy. You might only have, you know, a few minutes to eat, but just to stop and say, Hey, can, can I help? Can I call someone for you? It go. It builds that trust. You know, trust is earned in drops and lost in buckets. And law enforcement lost a lot of trust because in buckets it went out. Buckets and buckets it went out. And it's going to take a lot to build it back up. And it's got to take a lot of effort. It's also going to take effort from uh, civilians to be open to say, hey, I'm seeing people change. I'm seeing law enforcement. I'm seeing this effort so I can be hopeful, you know, And uh, that we're we're leading somewhere where we're going to have a a better relationship between our communities and law enforcement. Absolutely.
0: I know you probably have to go, but real quickly, what's up next for you? I have.
1: Uh, I'm really blessed. I have a. I ended up producing another doc after this. I produced another doc that'll be coming out later this year. We actually did one for. It's called Service and Sacrifice. We we produced that with the museum, the National Law Enforcement Museum. Uh, and producing another doc, I know I never thought I was going to make docs, and so now I'm producing my third one. But it's called 22 for 22. Very excited about that. Uh, I got a couple of movies I'm acting in that come out this year. Um, just wrapped one called Nowhere Man with Jeffrey Dean, Morgan and Jack um, and uh, excited about that. And then directing a movie next year called The Wise Monkey. So, yeah, I got a lot going on. A lot, of, a lot of a lot of praise God. Praise God. And then I'm still working. Praise my best friend, Sheriff Decatur, and just got re-sworn in today. So I'll do another four years with him. And work them on the Special Olympics, and try to bring some uh, positivity uh, in, in between law enforcement and the community.
0: Absolutely. Well, it sounds like you've got your your plates are full, but it sounds like it's joyful as well. So congratulations for thank you. Bearing. and uh, I will let you go. But tell Jeffrey Dean Morgan that I said hello.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if I see him again, I will. He was an amazing guy. Let me tell you, if you if you're a fan of him. You would be even a more fan because i just to spend a few days just seeing after seeing with him he was not just a pro but fun and nice to everyone and yeah really really a great person so keep keep being a fan <laughs> all
0: right well jim thank you so much and you have a wonderful day and holidays. yeah
1: thank you <laughs> happy holidays god bless you thank you bye this has been an odd imagination production here at odd imagination you'll find book film television and product reviews as
0: well as roundtable discussions current events and hot topics we are advocates for equality and the freedom to be who you are no matter what imagination
1: gets its name from autism and imagination two things that are very important to us if you would like more information on Imagination and the podcasts that we host on our website you can visit autimagination.org a-U-T-I-M-A-G-I-N-A-T-I-O-N
0: dot org. I know, I know, I know that I should let her go. But I don't, I don't, I don't seem to be in control.
1: She knows the poison pulling me. She knows all about the drug. I plagiarize all my apologies, and they
0: still weren't enough. I know, I know, I know that I should let her go. But I don't, I don't, I don't seem to be in control. I ain't blind, I can't see. I know, I know, I know that I should let her go But I don't, I don't, I
1: don't seem to be in control I ain't blind, I can see, I'm
0: killing her